0: Hello and welcome back to They Made Another One where each week we discuss an off forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and have you read the predictions of Tycho Dodonis? And with me I've got Liam. Oh, we were closer
1: than brothers.
0: We were reading the predictions of Tycho Dodonis together. It was it's so closest intimate. you can get with someone. It's the closest you can get short of some other stuff. That we don't need to get into after last stuff week's that episode. We, yeah, stuff that we probably <laughs> talked about last week. It's been covered. Um dude, I gotta say, in the in the annals of history, Tycho Dadonis, all time hilarious fictional character name. <laughs> yeah, dude, the
1: some of the names in the in this series entirely are just so
0: uh Yeah, it really feels like Joanne's just sort of throwing spaghetti at the wall a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna get out in front of some things <laughs> in this episode. Uh, I think everybody knows sort of how we feel on this, but um, you heard it last week. I'm not excited about this for a variety of reasons. One of them is uh, I don't want to particularly talk about JK Rowling at all. uh, and I would like to say at the very beginning, uh, fuck JK Rowling forever she's fucking ghoulish and horrible and uh it's it's with reluctance that we even bring it up on the podcast um but it's the genero, i guess we're, we're just vessels we had to do it yeah um i mean i don't think this comes as a surprise to anybody but um we just want to be unequivocally clear <laughs> as a show um, and as individuals, um, that JK Rowling just deeply fucking sucks, and, um, I'll speak for myself at the very least in saying, uh, I'm not particularly excited to be talking about Johnny Depp either, uh, that guy seems like he fucking sucks as well, so that's not great, um, retweets are not endorsements, and, um,
1: Corey's, Corey's Twitter feed is just <laughs>
0: retweets of J.K. Rowling <laughs> and Johnny Depp. Um, oh, and Ezra Miller, I guess the big three of of questionable features in this film. <laughs> yeah, just it's not aged well. It's in this came out in 2018, <laughs> so do with that what you will. And so don't get me twisted; some of it was already bad then. <laughs> that it got worse.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Which
0: is sort of an achievement in its own right, but um, if you've got like free little spare pocket change on hand uh i would encourage you to potentially consider donating them to um a trans rights organization or uh an assault survivors support group or something valuable to offset the amount of talking about these people that we're about to do um because that's just kind of a buzzkill on all fronts But what we are talking about is perhaps not the thing anybody in this movie is best known for. Um, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, Not, as I incorrectly said last week and did my best to cut out of the episode, Fantastic Beasts, The The Secrets of Dumbledore. I haven't listened to that episode, but I (laughs) I
1: would love to imagine that in the edit you just go, oh, Fantastic Beasts, look at
0: this subtitle, The Secrets of (laughs) <laughs> no i uh i did the same thing i did for our pumpkin head situation which was like i edited in like an interstitial disclaimer and then we uh, go back nice to to the discussion and i i truncated it significantly so i didn't sound like an idiot um but yeah, TMA-
1: TMAO would like to put out there that uh, it no longer stands by some of the content in this podcast, but it has been preserved for historical reasons. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's the same thing that they put on Looney Tunes cartoons now. <laughs> um, so I didn't even know that there was three of these movies last week, evidently. Um, I think that we need to start this episode with the, with the only question that matters in in grounding this discussion. Liam, are you a Harry Potter fan? Yes. Okay. Can you tell me about how that started? Like has it been like a lifelong me and me and HP go way back kinda of thing? It has. I mean, um
1: I'm kind of the Right around the, the prime age for this, you know, and it could be you could be a little bit older than me or a little bit younger than me. And I think you're in that you're in that you're in that area. But um, when these movies started coming out, I would have been you know, four years old, five years old. And so I the earliest memory I have of actively seeking it out would have been trying to go to see the second one in a theater. And it was sold out. Dang. Um, and I never got to see that second one in a theater. Um, But I did get the second and the first on VHS and then I got the third on DVD. Um, so DVD became a thing as it was going on. And those three in particular I watched so much. Um, and then I also would have read those books at the time. And I saw the fourth one in theaters. I don't have any memory of seeing the third one in theaters. Maybe I was too hurt after the second one. I didn't want to get harmed again. Um, But when the fourth one came out, I guess that would have been 2005. Um, By that point, I I was independent enough that I felt I didn't have to go with my parents. And so me and my friend went to see it at a midnight screening. And I actually didn't like that fourth movie all that much at Which the time. Which one is that? Can you... That's the, the the Goblet of Fire okay. with Robert Pattinson. Okay, yeah, um, that, that
0: helps ground me quite a bit, actually.
1: Yeah, that one, it, just in the moment, it didn't really connect with me. And so I fell off from following along with these movies at that point. I still watched the first three fairly often, um, you know, because I had them on on home video and they were kind of comfort movies and movies that all of my friends had seen. And so we would often put them on. We were when we were hanging out, we would play some of those, uh, the first two video games. Those were pretty big. Yeah. Um, there was
0: like adventure games, right? Basically. yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool. Adventure games. Um, and I, I, uh, pittered away at the books. I know I read the first few at the time. Um, And quite often, me and my friends would have Harry Potter marathons, probably around the time that each movie would come out, we'd have Harry Potter marathons, but we would always fall off from finishing the marathon. And so I've seen those first three movies so many times. I've seen the fourth one probably five or six times. And then from that point on, my memory of the movies gets hazier and hazier to the point where I wasn't even sure that I had seen the sixth or or the seventh or the eighth. Um, oh, it's
0: eight? I thought it was only seven.
1: Seven. The seventh book is divided two, up into two movies. Two
0: movies. They did the... Well, I guess Hunger Games did the Harry Potter thing, but... That's right. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, in fact, I have a good friend who is a massive Harry Potter fan. He's seen particularly the first movie uh literally hundreds of times he watches it it seems like every other week he texts me he's that he he tells me he's watching that movie and he tells me that we went to see the last movie deathly hollows part two in the theater together i have no memory of it um so either i take his word for it and i did see it or i tell myself that he is mistaken I've got no clue which is actually true Um, but my partner um, Brianna is a massive Harry Potter fan huge huge like I have a horror shelf on my bookshelf where I've got you know all my horror books and a couple of my box sets and stuff and on her neighboring bookshelf she has a Harry Potter shelf more books than you'd think Oh my gosh. So many, so many books. And then like trinkets, like a wand from the wizarding uh, Orlando Harry Potter world. Um, she has read the books countless times, knows them inside and out. She's seen the movies a lot, but, um, she's particularly a, a fan of the books. Um, and so a few years ago, um, we did a run through of all the movies. It was, it was actually right after my my beloved childhood dog died, and so we uh, we watched all of them in the span of like a week, and and I really connected with them. And um, like I said, it it felt like I considered. Uh, the later movies, I considered those to be a first-time watch. Even though, if I had seen them earlier, you know, I could remember certain scenes from certain movies, but it was all really vague, and maybe I didn't watch the movie all the way through or whatever. Um, so, as I considered it, that I was watching the later half of the series for the first time, and I, I really loved it. I think they are really um, immersive, engaging movies. Um, I think they are very comforting in terms of their atmosphere. I think it's really amazing that they were able to pull off sticking with these child actors all through all this time. And so there's just something special about there being a whole movie series dedicated to, to these people growing up. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I also read the books um, as an adult as well. Um, a little bit fo- before I met Brianna, I did a run through of them all just because I was feeling nostalgic. And so I've got a bit of that lore knowledge, but um, it's now been about five years or so since I read those books. So some of that has faded, but I, I really do hold the movies in particular in In really high esteem, not just the earlier ones, but I was really impressed by some of those later ones as well um and so yeah, I think it is a a very special franchise, and I think it's no surprise that it won over so many people and that so many people hold it close to their hearts, you know
0: yeah i i do i i find it i find it really interesting that those movies and The Lord of the Rings were happening at roughly the same time. Just to think that those movies were coming out relatively concurrently, at least the early ones, of just like these gigantic <laughs> fantasy movies is kind of fascinating. Um, but I, it's, it's cool hearing you talk about the... The way that your relationship to Harry Potter sort of has existed in matters of degrees, um, where it started in a, in a, in one way, sort of changed over time. I think that's true of a lot of people, or like they read it at one point and then they read it again, or they watched certain things and then watched them again later. Um, mm. It's one of the few things that I immediately think of that has been so long running as we in our like age bracket have grown up. So it's been there like the whole time because I don't remember when the first book came out, but it can't be, it was like r- roughly around when we were born probably. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's been there at like the same level of prominence, like our entire lives, um, which is, it is just sort of fascinating in its own right. And, um, you talking about Brianna's relationship to it in particular as well, being a little bit more thorough um, and still sort of able to continue. Uh, I know people like that too. I mean, I know Brianna, but um, uh, I know other people who uh, have that kind of attachment or um, I guess like, uh, what's it called? Uh, What's the, a, a lot of people have this tattoo. It's like, it's like a triangle and there's like a circle in it. Yes, what is that? that is uh, a Horcrux, I think. That that's a horcrux, maybe. Okay, I thought it was. I was gonna say, is that but the, the It's the It's the sign of the Deathly Hallows. Oh, I was I okay. I was right there because I was gonna say, yeah, is that the sorry. Deathly Hallows? And that I was worried I was gonna sound stupid because it's just a triangle and circle. Um, no, no, no.
1: Sorry. A lot of my Harry <laughs> Potter knowledge. It's not. It's not. Brianna has it as if it's like a. It's like a computerized database where <laughs> it's all just immediate, whereas I have to connect the dots sometimes. Right. But I, yes, it is the sign of the Deathly Hallows.
0: I was talking about this movie. Uh, at work the other day with uh, uh, my friend Connor and he knows Harry Potter better than me but not by much and I asked him to tell me what a horcrux was and um, it took like four different rounds of me clarifying what he said before I got it Um, and is
1: that, was that a fault of yours or his?
0: Mine, I think Um, so I grew up around Harry Potter quite a bit Um, you had to inevitably as we all did, but, uh, I, I think I was exaggerating when I said I've basically only seen like two of them. I think realistically somewhere along the way I ended up seeing more of them in full and it just didn't, I just didn't particularly connect with it. Um, but my sister and also, like, stepsisters were watching those movies constantly. So while I've definitely seen, I think, realistically, I would say the first two or three I've probably seen in full for sure, potentially more than once. Um, After that, I essentially have no fucking idea what's going on at all. Mm-hmm. and I don't know like who anybody is or like where they go or why they go there or what happens really at all. Um, I'm sure I've seen pieces of those in like happenstance, like walking through rooms and the movie's on. Um, I never read the books. Um, it just kind of wasn't my thing. So in particular, I also think it's been fascinating seeing this franchise just persist eternally and be so meaningful to so many people around our age in this like big prolific identifiable story because I feel like I don't really I won't say I don't get it because I don't think that accurately communicates what I mean but like I don't have that I just don't at all like I feel entirely disconnected from like, the fascination. So I like hearing people talk about it just because, like, I'm not in it. Is there something you do have it with? Like, would you compare it to Star Wars? Uh, here's the thing. I I quite like Star Wars. Um, I was... I don't think I was as rabid as, like, a lot of people are about Star Wars. I think I like Star Wars the amount that, like, a lot of people like Star Wars. And I know that's true of Harry Potter, too, but I guess more what I mean, I should I should say that better. But like, I think I like Star Wars a relatively pedestrian amount, maybe like slightly more. <laughs> um, I, especially because like Star Wars, I've very much fallen off the train as well. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on over there anymore. They're making all there's stuff. just so much, there's right? Just but so you've much. seen, but
1: you've seen all those main the like those nine
0: movies, right? yeah. And uh, but I don't necessarily think i would say that like star wars was like a big overwhelming thing in my life i was definitely like really into it when i was a kid and i was very stoked about those new more recent trilogy uh the quality of them varying as they do but um no i don't know if i would i don't know like i i honestly don't know what my big thing like that would even be surely there is one
1: but Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I'm sure you do have one maybe on a smaller scale, though, but there's only so many things that it could be on this scale, right? Like, there's yeah. only so many Harry Potters and, yeah. and Star Wars. Star
0: Wars is probably the most likely candidate for me, so let's just roll with that for the sake of ease instead of trying to, like, brainstorm stuff that I was a fan of. Because I know it wasn't Rescue Heroes. That, that did not get eight movies. <laughs> dude rescue why heroes? bring up rescue heroes Because rescue heroes is fucking awesome i don't know i just thought of it as the thing i liked when i was a kid oh i see yeah so i just like thought of it as like what else did i like as a kid but it's definitely not star wars scale and the answer is rescue heroes it's a damn shame it's a damn it's a shame. robbery that it isn't um but <laughs> but um yeah i just i've always been on the outside of the harry potter phenomenon uh so i I've just found it interesting. I don't really know how else to put it other than this. Like, I don't know if I've ever felt a connection to a franchise in the specific way that many Harry Potter diehards do, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Tell me this How much do you think Harry
1: Potter was around you growing up? It sounds like so you had your sisters watching it.
0: Yeah. And then, like, was there anything else on top of that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure people in friend groups were, but I don't think it was, like, being thrust on me from all sides or something like that. But uh, there was an age bracket where it was pretty omnipresent in terms of, like, rewatches of the movies and stuff like that at home. But at a certain point, if something's frequent enough, you can also tune it out relatively easily. Right. If yeah. you get what I mean. So I just sort of like I was like, Yeah, whatever, it's not my thing. I I just
1: ask because I'm thinking about how much star or sorry, how much Harry Potter seemed to be around me as a kid. Like it was inescapable and so, you know, I got but I, I can't really figure out if it seemed that way because I did happen to get into it, um, pretty young or if it was the other way around, if it was around so much. And so that's why I was able to maintain being a fan of it. Cause I'm right. thinking back to when I was a kid and like, you know, I've I've never really seen the Star Wars movies um, or thought about them all that much. And I feel like, as a kid, Harry Potter was around so much more than Star Wars. Like, I never really had friends who right. were talking I about w- Star Wars, putting on Star Wars when we're hanging out, Star Wars uh, was, getting excited We, were, do- we for... were doing
0: that. We were 100% doing that.
1: So, yeah, so I yeah. guess I just somehow just had, like, a different uh, a different group around me. And also, like, I, I, we had the benefit of, like, Harry Potter was coming out while I was a kid, whereas Star Wars took mostly that hiatus right like that last one would have been like 2005
0: no there was star wars the clone wars in 2008 mm. that was animated but it also coincided with there was an animated show after that movie called the clone wars and then they also did star wars rebels and that ran up into like the late 2010s so and so
1: you you had you had groups around you like talking about that stuff. yes
0: however i did not watch those shows i basically stopped at that movie so mm-hmm. that's where the dichotomy comes in of, like, there are people who kept going and are now getting the live-action spinoff shows that are follow-ups of those cartoons, and it's, like, all specifically for them, and, like, I am completely at sea with that shit. Like, I do right. not know what's going on. Like, I can tell you who Ahsoka is. She was in that movie, and that's basically why I can do that. Um, But, like, anything beyond that is, like, I'm kind of at a loss, uh, um... Yeah, I I find it really interesting trying to place um, what these... where these franchises end up in, like... not just, like, popular consciousness, but, like, in one person's own consciousness. I definitely feel like I struggle with it a bit more just because my memory's bad. Like, I'm sure I'm forgetting (laughs) information that would be helpful to maybe define this a little bit better. But... um, yeah, I, I don't think my friend group was one where, like, Harry Potter was the front and center thing. If anything, I remember the Twilight phenomenon better than Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah,
1: I remember Twilight as being something that was, like, Otherworldly. talked about it on was the like... new- I remember it being, like, talked about, like, in culture, like, on the internet and on the news and stuff, but in terms of knowing people who were actually all in on those movies, um... I didn't really have that. I've
0: famously told the story of going to see the third Twilight movie, getting up halfway through, leaving and going into the last airbender. I've told that story multiple times. Right. But, um, I mean, that was me going to the movies with a group of my friends to see the Twilight movie. Like, and, and you don't remember that happening with Harry Potter. No. Interesting. Now are the guy, will the guys who were there tell you that they were doing it ironically? Probably. Or to hang out with girls. Maybe. Maybe. Is that true? No, I think we all probably a little bit wanted to be there. <laughs> nice. Let's just be realistic. Um, it's also weird seeing Twilight have a, like a, a resurgence now online. That's been really bizarre. How oh, is that happening? Oh, yeah. And I, it, I'm sure, again, it, I'm sure it started ironic, but it's like having a thing again, which has been interesting to see.
1: Uh, yeah that is interesting.
0: And it, it also it goes to
1: show that like something can be massive in the culture and it really does depend on where you're at individually. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned like cuz Twilight was so massive and of course I heard about it all the time and I could tell you some characters and stuff from it but I I never ended up watching it through through all that even yeah. though I they read were around it too. so much. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah.
0: I don't know if I could tell you a lot of the deep cuts about it but like i was there and i i i read it and was like embarrassed that i read it and i didn't tell my guy friends like you know what i mean like that's where i was at so dang um, maybe they were
1: all feeling that way since you guys w- went to that third movie together they might they have like, but, all right but they would gotta... also
0: tell you they were there to make fun of it and maybe some of them were and maybe some of them weren't but uh yeah it's interesting I'm trying to think of, like, what else did we have? I I personally feel like we were too late for Hunger Games to really be that similar kind of thing. Like, we were teenagers, but, like, it feels, like, different when something comes out when you're, like, eight.
1: It does, yeah. Like, I, I had friends that were going to the Hunger Games movies and talking about them coming out, but I was old enough where I, like, felt like... Um... I think I felt like I was, like, too cool for it, and I just didn't really check it out. Whereas if I was a bit younger, I probably would have caught at least one of them.
0: Yeah, I have um, historically, I think, been a victim of being the kid who thinks they're too cool for something or wants to be. I think when I did it, it's because I wanted to seem smart. So I was like, I don't have to like that thing. And then I think I ended up just like missing out on stuff that was probably cool and fine. You know what I mean? Just because you wanted to be like contrarian. Right, yeah. I'm sure that's not a surprise for you to hear me say that. <laughs> no, I,
1: I I relate to it too. I think, um, you know, I, I can think of things where
0: I just wish I had gotten into it earlier. Um yeah. Like, just let yourself like the thing that everyone likes. Like, I, I, I think I needed to learn the lesson sooner that it's not bad to like something that lots of people like. It's I, actually really fun. Yeah. I, and I, I think I was, I treated a lot of these big things like that. I don't necessarily think that was true of Harry Potter, though I'm willing to concede at a certain point. Maybe my sister's being so stoked on it, I was like sick of hearing about it but initially i just don't think it hooked me but even in like a broader sense of anything just letting yourself be be taken up in the in the swing of stuff is it's fun it's fun to do that um or at least giving it a try and then seeing like what you might get out of it totally yeah
1: like um I think by the time Harry Potter was reaching its end theatrically um even though I I never pretended I wasn't a huge fan of those first few movies I think it was so big um like kids at my school were like uh, that the week that that movie came out they were coming to school like dressed up as Harry Potter characters and um kind of that's kind of cool it's really cool um but I think by that point i was like all right i am i'm not gonna really care about going to see this movie i'm gonna go because... watch jason
0: x when i get home and
1: i <laughs> that's that's my memory as to what happened like i i can i can recall um a friend that who we were big harry potter fans together um watching a lot of those earlier movies he went to go see the uh the last Harry Potter movie with a different group of friends. And then, and at that point I was like, all right, if it's not, if we're not going together, um, then I like, I'm not even, I'm not even going to bother. Cause it's more of like a communal thing. It's not like I've been excited for the movie. Right. And so I recall not going to the theater for that reason. Whereas if I could go back, you would have um, just went, I would have made sure I went. Yeah. You know,
0: no, I've, I've been there for sure. Um,
1: and apparently, I did go, but I, I've got no memory. Of right?
0: That. Yeah. For the, I, I think if you don't remember it, it's as good as having not been there. To be honest, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as somebody who forgets stuff a lot, uh, like I, there's a lot of places that someone will tell you I was at, and I may as well have not been there. Um, if I if I can't tell you about it, um, but yeah. It's just it's really interesting, uh, seeing Harry Potter develop, and then like watching. I almost said that like the death of that franchise. Death is absolutely not the word. But like it had to stop at some point. And then seeing that conclusion and then starting to actively see the gears turn of how can we keep the train moving? You know what I mean? Cause, right, like, like you're talking about the space
1: between Deathly
0: Hollows Part Two and Fast Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, but like my mm. understanding is that obviously Brianna's bookshelf tells us there's other, there's like spin off books probably or something, or like lore encyclopedias. Is there yeah. like a Harry Potter Silmarillion basically where it's just like nothing but lore? Um, yeah, I mean I don't I don't actually know what a Silmarillion is. The Silmarillion is a book that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote that is basically like an entire encyclopedia of the world of like Lord of the Rings, but so vastly beyond the actual story told within the Lord of the Rings that it's basically its own thing just like chronicling Middle-earth for like centuries. Okay, yeah, st- stuff like that definitely exists.
1: Like, while we were watching uh, these movies, um, Brianna took out a book that was, like, an encyclopedia of all the different creatures in uh, okay. the Harry Potter world.
0: And, um... Do you know if J.K. Rowling was the one who kept writing those, or did they start doing the, like, Star Wars approach of, like, we'll just get whoever the fuck to write these? I don't know. Yeah. No. Um And then there's a play... Or a musical, maybe.
1: Yes, there is a play. I okay. I have I've read the script of that. Yeah. And
0: what did you that make that of was that, sort of it? yeah yeah you you contextualize that because I have no idea. The way
1: I remember that coming out was it was like the movies were over, the books were certainly over. This was like the first official update that was like. Guys, you thought it was over, but we can actually keep this going some way. The author has written a play that is canon and it's a continuation of the story. So it's sort of like an unofficial eighth book in a way.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I actually remember the mania around that as it was released as a book. Yeah. And like seeing just like shelves and shelves and shelves of it for like months of like people just wanting it. Which was interesting because that was, like, after we had seen, like, a similar... Like, that was during, like, that young adult novel-slash-movie franchise boom of, like, your Hunger Games, Divergence, fucking the Percy Jackson sequels, fucking whatever movies they were making at that point. um. But there was so much of that stuff. And then it was, like, and then Harry Potter is back with uh. the Cursed Child. um, And it was, like, a big... Thing, but I don't know, like I I don't know how like fans feel about it.
1: Uh, I wouldn't want to talk about it too much because I'm also not really in the Harry Potter fan community. But um, f- from the time I read it and poking around a bit online and so- occasionally you know reading about people's thoughts on the movies, I think it is pretty divisive and the reception hard skews toward being
0: negative okay i actually didn't know that so that's interesting um and somewhere along the way i i assume fantastic beasts books were written this is the part where i intentionally didn't do research because i just i was curious to just like try to feel my way through this one a little bit but like was this books or was this just movies it is a it's
1: it's a book in title, um, but it this is not an adaptation of a book the same way that those main Harry Potter movies are. So, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is a book that came out in two thousand one. So it was oh. like early in the franchise. Um, that's the year that the first movie came out, but uh, and four years after the first book came out. But the mo- the books were massive. That's how quick even before they made the it-
0: movies. It was four years that was yeah. it yeah wow I and, the, no and the
1: and the books were already massive before the movie came out you know it's oh, not so like the movie the, yeah, turned so the i didn't books realize into how successes.
0: instantly those were hits
1: yeah Damn. yeah so then <laughs> so then this fantastic beast book came out and um it's published under a pen name which is this newt scamander guy um That's and so the author
0: it's, of the book in like if i bought the book
1: Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 it might say J.K. Rowling somewhere. It probably but, says um, that now, mm-hmm. or maybe it doesn't say it
0: anymore. Fuck.
1: <laughs> <Like>. Yeah. <laughs> um. But the idea is that this dude Newt wrote a book that just like details a lot of different creatures in the magic world,
0: the wizarding world of Harold Potter or whatever. It,
1: yeah. So it's not uh it's not a narrative. Okay, book. so they
0: and they just used that and made a movie about like how Newt get all these funny guys to write a book about. Yes. That's right. That's actually a great adaptation idea. <laughs> yeah. That's if you were going to do anything, I actually think that makes quite a bit of sense. And you know, it's
1: it must have been really refreshing uh you know, particularly for this director because the director of of these movies will talk about it. He directed a lot of the Harry Potter movies and that's not That can't be an easy task to make those books into movies and find out what to omit. And people get upset at you for cutting stuff that they want. And um, so it must have been refreshing to direct a script that is not an adaptation of a book and is just, you know, inspired by a book. And the actual movie is whatever you guys have decided as a team to, to make it about. Yeah.
0: No, that's, that's more interesting than I assumed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a more organic way to continue a franchise than a lot of what franchises tend to come up with, which is make the first one again. <laughs>
1: right, which I think is what we're now looping around to. Last I heard, there's going to be a
0: long TV series yeah based it, on that, that felt like an inevitability and I think TV is probably a solution to that thing you just pointed out of needing to omit whereas if you do it in a series format you don't really have to omit anything if you don't want to in theory yeah, yeah. but it, it is still tough
1: right like you still only have a finite amount of time even if it's more time yeah um you know I think of like the series of unfortunate events TV series yeah um, that was oh, yeah, meant that was to, good too. Yeah, it was, it was. And that was meant to flush out those books even more. Um and you know, there's still stuff that, that you gotta leave out. Just it's just uh it's just a result of like the cinematic process is different than the world that can be created with text on a page. Sorry, Neil.
0: Patrick Harris. Uh is he in that? He is, right? Uh, uh Oh yes, yeah, sorry, yes. Isn't he? He is, he's so. in the show. Yeah, yeah. Not the movies though. Just yeah,
1: just the one movie.
0: Mo- oh really? I okay. Mm-hmm. I swear it was more.
1: Um, yeah, damn shame.
0: Just it, it's the one. Cr- that's interesting because like, it feels like those were those coming out alongside like the Narnia movies. I feel like, God, Narnia uh, was a whole other thing too. Oh my God, there was so many franchises. <laughs> yeah, it it would have been
1: um because series of unfortunate events was oh four and then the Narnia movie started coming out in in two thousand five. You a Narnia guy? No, I wasn't. I yeah. read the first book, okay. Um, just because it was talked about so much, and I think our librarian started to read it to us, and so I just ah. figured I would finish it. But no, it wasn't really my thing. I don't know if I've seen any of the movies. I
0: have seen those movies. I recall seeing those in like theaters and stuff on like family movie outings. Did you like them? Uh, I remember liking them pretty well. Yeah, I remember having a good time. Um, i didn't read the books though so all i was getting was like the movie stuff so oh, nothing the, wrong with that the only time i had ever like read a book and then been disappointed by the movie as a kid was i read Aragon yeah i and, know that by name yeah it's like a big fantasy story with dragons in it and whatnot it was it was written by a really young dude yes wasn't it? he was really young when he wrote it um, That's so cool, and it was huge, like right away. There's three books, I believe, total, maybe more. I didn't read all of them, evidently, but Aragon was the first book when I was relatively young that was really long that I read all of. Like it was one of those big, like f- big fantasy book, you know, like really hunker down and read this thing books, and it was the first one that I read like cover to cover, and my I remember my mom telling me that I'd read it pretty fast. Uh, so i was like really in there and then the movie frankly i think came out a little bit late to capitalize on the popularity and the movie's pretty shit uh and it's like widely regarded as such it's just one of those like bag fumblings that happens when you try to adapt something like sometimes it's just not gonna work um right and it it was supposed to like be the start of a whole big franchise right and it just cratered uh, oh, it's yeah. a particularly soulless feeling fantasy universe in the movie adaptation, uh, which is you know the bigger hurdle I guess is actually making it feel like somewhere you want to be at. I think the thing that gives something like Harry Potter, even like Lord of the Rings, which I know is like audience wise a, a little bit different, but like they feel so thorough and so like lived in and legitimized that it's much easier to connect with those things. And, um, I, I would honestly characterize the Aragon movie, at least by my memory of it as having the problem that I find a lot of like direct to Netflix movies have, which is just feeling very like we made a movie. Uh, if you get what I mean, like, it feels very like, yep, we're on the set and we're here shooting this movie. Cause we got to make the movie to- that we have to make. um, that doesn't have a lot of soul behind yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. Which is uh too bad if you're somebody who liked Aragon. <laughs> but uh That
1: is too bad. There is something really special about watching a movie for a uh based on a book that you like. And and I, just getting excited about yeah, what they're going to do with it.
0: And. I've had that experience very, very rarely as well. Like I don't find that I read a lot of the f- franchises that became really big. Like I wasn't a Harry Potter kid, and I wasn't a Percy Jackson kid, and I didn't read the Lord of the Rings books, and I didn't read Darnia, and I didn't read Hunger Games, and like, whatever. So I was like, there's the one that I have, and uh, it was just ass- Um, no like that's what i get that's that's too bad that's what i get for reading um but uh (laughs) that was your
1: villain origin story you never picked up a book again yeah
0: famously um i actually i tried to black it out of my memory and that's why my memory is so bad it's all the side effects (laughs) of trying to like fuck my brain up to try to forget about aragon the movie uh (laughs) but um i feel like i have one more question to ask before we just like tee up fantastic beasts because i i can assume based on what you said is that like so they made that first movie and then they could take that and just keep going because they had because this is set in the past so they they have like decades of harry potter time they can fill in narratively with whatever they want to do is essentially how we got here
1: yeah i think the plan the announced plan uh when the first one came out was five movies i don't know if that's still the plan i haven't looked into it
0: well they got to at least three which is impressive (laughs) it's impressive on its own um and uh i have one more question i want to ask that before we get into the the crux of that uh what harry potter house are you oh
1: i don't i don't know which one Um, would you like to be (laughs) You know, I think, uh, my, my, despite me having interacted with all the main Harry Potter stuff, um, I still come away with it, like, so simple-minded in that I really only think, like, Gryffindor good, Slytherin bad, I don't really think about the other two all that much. Yeah, my understanding- So then what do I do with that, you know? My
0: understanding is Gryffindor good, Slytherin bad, Hufflepuff, like, four babies- and I don't really know what Ravenclaw does. I know what they're all Maybe. called.
1: <laughs> Perhaps they're like the the smart, like bookish people. You know, they're kind of is yeah,
0: they're clever. Is Ravenclaw for nerds? It's either nerds or it's like no Gryffindors for jocks. I was. It's not jocks. Yeah, Gryffindors absolutely the jock one. I guess so. It
1: jocks with like a good heart. <laughs> Noble, mm-hmm. noble jocks.
0: Um, yeah, we've got. No, I think noble jocks, I think I'm scumbags, noble, but I, I, I don't think two. I,
1: I don't think I fall into a jock. Category, I mean, Ron so I don't know what
0: is not a jock, and he's in. That's there. true. That's true. I'm not, so you yeah. know,
1: I'll say, I'll say, I'll say I'm Gryffindor, and I encourage anyone who is who knows more about this franchise than me, who's listening. Please correct um, us.
0: To, yeah. Tell me what I actually am. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to guess where I'm at, but I would love to know if you feel strongly about Harry Potter. Uh, I think you're a Hufflepuff, Corey. You think so? Yeah. I think a Hufflepuff. That one you didn't think about at all. <laughs> now that
1: now that you've told me that they're huge uh, babies. That they're for babies. <laughs> but I think it's like, it's like, you know, sweet little babies.
0: <laughs> they're the soft guys. Yeah. I think, anyway. With a name like that, you can only assume that that's what they got going on over there. I'm sure that there's, like, quizzes we could take online, too, to figure that out. Oh, that would be fun. Do you want to do one? Do we have time to do one?
1: Yeah, I'm down. We can just... We'll, let's cut out us doing it, but let's okay, it Okay, yeah.
0: Out. Harry Potter house quiz.
1: Okay, I think I found the main one.
0: I'm, like, nervous. Is that, like, normal?
1: Okay, so... so I think that that was normal in the movie. Harry was very yeah, dude, nervous dude before he got bullets. that hat on his head. <laughs> so Corey and I are about to take the same quiz to determine what yeah. house we're in, and uh, we'll cut ahead and you can hear the results.
0: Yeah, you'll hear from us when we're done. Okay, we're back after a very difficult time trying to do the Harry Potter personality quiz. Uh, we, we went to WizardingWorld.com to try to do the official one and no matter what we tried, my computer would not let me escape the profile page. Uh, So that's an issue. So we opted to go to PotterQuizzes.com for their Which Harry Potter House Are You quiz for 2023. It includes some truly outrageous questions. um, Including but not limited to who your favorite old school WWE wrestler is, which feels like a very out of pocket thing to just sort of ask. Yeah, do you think that Harry
1: Potter had to divulge that information? Did the hat read his mind to figure that out? Yeah, he was
0: thinking about Kelly Kelly when the hat was on. <laughs> <laughs> uh and we've we've completed our results. Um how do we want to divulge them? I'm a Hufflepuff. Puff. Okay, what does that say about you, according to the website?
1: Oh, I guess that means you're not a Hufflepuff. I am not. Interesting. Mine says, you would be sorted into Hufflepuff, joining characters like Cedric Diggory, who I chose as my favorite from that group. Newt Scamander, so this is my movie, Corey. Newt
0: Scamander's the most Hufflepuff motherfucker that
1: ever lived, and I can say that with confidence. (laughs) And also in my crew, Corey? Nymphadora Tonks. Oh shit! The the big nymph. Um, Hufflepuffs are known to be loyal, fair, kind, and hard. For workers. the record, I would have sorted you into
0: that as well. I think. Well, thank you. Uh, it just seemed like the 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 kindest, most like pure of the bunch. Um, and I think that that is apt. I got Ravenclaw. Okay, you would be sorted into Ravenclaw, joining characters like luna lovegood that's luna a name i don't even want to say and also moaning myrtle um (laughs) i know who you mean yeah i don't even want to really do that one uh so i'm not going to ravenclaws are known to be smart creative original and witty
1: there you go i agree with that
0: yes i guess we did it um we'll make mitch fill this out (laughs) i think that's fair um,
1: Mitch is a slithering. Yeah,
0: probably he loves money and and, and booze. Um, <laughs> um, uh. This quiz was way too long. Just for the record, so if you're planning on taking it yourself, it's 88 questions, and it took us <laughs> it took us two hours. Um, you have to show your yeah. Work. You have to write them all out by hand, and then scan a photo of it onto your computer.
1: You got to send them by owl to PotterQuiz.com. It's true,
0: um. So, uh, let's catch up to uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Curse of Grindelwald, and uh, you can catch us up as we go, just to sort of get the ball rolling. I'll do my best. That's fine. So, really quick, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, and I will do the cast and crew still. I'll probably do it fast, because it's been an hour, but um, this movie is about Grindelwald played by johnny depp he is a wannabe fascist dictator looking to overthrow the world order that is run by non-magic wielding people because it's time for magic users to rule he is a thinly veiled parallel for adolf hitler essentially given the era in which this takes place um he's just sort of like a fascist psycho and the 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 good wizards want to stop that from happening and to do that they want to have newt scamander on the team as well but he doesn't want to do that because he just wants to like fuck around and hang out with his animals and stuff uh but his good personal friend dumbledore convinces him to get involved in the search for a guy named Credence who might be the key to stopping Grindelwald because of his heritage or like the bloodline he comes from. And Grindelwald wants him on his team because of how powerful Credence is and Credence just wants to feel like he's part of a family and that could be easily, uh, used against him for leverage by bad guys. And along the way, we meet a bunch of other people that Newt's commander knows, um, for various reasons. And they, they, they sort of divulge information as well (laughs) that's how i would put it um that's kind of it like they don't stop grindelwald from doing anything like not a lot actually happens that requires explaining so i think that's all i'm gonna say i think that's fair i think you did a great job
1: for having you could probably hear, seen, seen this movie and this movie alone. In my
0: brain. <laughs> That's impressive. Um, <laughs> so really quick, I'm going to run through this. Uh, this movie is directed by David Yates. Uh, Order of the Phoenix, Half-Blood Prince, Deathly Hallows 1 and 2, as well as The Legend of Tarzan from 2016. Uh, this movie is oh. written by J.K. Rowling who fucking cares uh this movie is edited by mark day who also worked on the legend of tarzan and those harry potters listed above as well as ex machina and about time the cinematography is by Philippe russo russo sorry interview with a vampire uh the nice guys big fish two of the reboot sherlock holmes movies or maybe all three i only wrote two uh charlie and the chocolate factory the remake one and uh remember the titans the music is by james newton howard and this dude is fucking credits bro um all of the hunger games movies king kong 2005 nightcrawler green lantern the dark knight nanny mcphee and the big bang Nomeo and juliet Lady in the Water, Signs, the Sixth Sense, Space Jam, Water World, The Original Flatliners, Pretty Woman, Major League, <laughs> A Hidden Life, Jungle Cruise, and Emily and Bears. Just to name a few. That guy's out there making music. <laughs> wow. Uh good job. This cast list, I took it from Wikipedia because the IMDB Uh was too long, frankly. Uh, I would not say this is sorted by order of character importance. This is just how it was listed. So make of that what you will. Uh, This movie stars Eddie Redmayne as Newt Scamander, uh, who you'll also know from a truly incredible performance in Jupiter Ascending, and I'm not being sarcastic. Uh, The Danish girl, Les Mis, The Theory of Everything, etc. Katherine Watterson plays Tina. She. I was trying to place her face... Now that I've looked at her credits, I haven't seen like anything she's in, but I knew her face from somewhere. Uh, Alien Covenant, Inherent Vice, Perry Mason, Boardwalk Empire. She's in mid-90s. I've not seen any of that. Uh, but I swore I recognized her from something. <coughs> Don't really know what. Uh, Dan Fogler plays Jacob Kowalski. Uh, he's famously in Balls of Fury and Fanboys. Also Sharknado 5. <laughs> Uh, And the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Wow. Dude, he he glowed up. He glowed up. Uh, Alison Sudol plays Queenie. She's mostly a singer. Uh, Ezra Miller plays Credence. Who fucking cares what they've been doing? Um, Zoe Kravitz plays Lita Lestrange. Zoe Kravitz uh, famously only does gigantic movies, it seems. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road, The Batman. Kimmy, Divergent, the TV show Big Little Lies. She's in Spider Man into the Spider Verse and was on Californication. Like only stuff that people have heard of. Uh Callum Turner plays Theseus Scamander. I was stoked when this guy showed up. Fucking Green Room. That's my guy. Is he really? He's in Green Room, yeah. I recognize him right away. He's one of the oh, band a- members in Green Room. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, it was sick. Uh also he's been do he's been working a lot. Uh, War and Peace, Emma, The Only Living Boy in New York. He was in that Assassin's Creed movie as well. Uh, And Victor Frankenstein. Uh, Claudia Kim plays Nagini? Nagini? I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Uh, She's in Avengers Age of Ultron, uh, The Dark Tower, and uh, a show called Marco Polo, which I know that my mom watched. So, So that's cool. Um, William Nadlam plays Yusuf Kama. He's mostly in a lot of French stuff that I was not familiar with. Uh, Kevin Guthrie plays Abernathy, to be perfectly honest with you. Don't even know who that is. Uh, but he was in Dunkirk and he was on the TV show The Terror. It's pretty cool. Uh, Jude Law plays D- Dumbledore. <laughs> um, we've talked about Jude Law a lot before, so I'll just leave it. Johnny Depp plays Grindelwald. He can get Fucked. Uh, Carmen Ejogo plays Serafina Pickery? I guess. It must be that. Uh, Selma, It Comes at Night, The Purge Anarchy, Alien Covenant again, and also I'm a Virgo. Uh, Ingvar Sigurdsson plays Grimson. He was in The Northman in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, and Cornell John as Arnold Guzman, uh, The Pope's Exorcist. The Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian, EastEnders. That's everybody I wrote down. There's a lot more people in the movie, but uh, I didn't have the time then, and we don't have the time now. So, let's just get in here. Liam, you watched the first movie before this, is that correct? Yes, yeah, a day before. Had you seen it before, or was this just prep so one of us had finally done it?
1: Uh, yeah, this was this was just a prep. I hadn't seen it before. Um, by the time, you know, if I was over Harry Potter movies theatrically coming out in 2011, I definitely was over them coming out in 2015. Um, so I just, I, I heard about them when they came out, but I never gave them much thought. Um, and then when it turned up on this podcast, I figured I've seen the other eight movies, so it would be kind of a... I figured I might as well fill in the gap that I would have if I also if I just went and watched, I guess, the tenth movie. So I I watched the ninth movie. Okay. Uh, first, just to just to get it all completed, I suppose.
0: And what did you think of that first one?
1: It's better than this one, Corey. Okay. What did you think of this one? I didn't like this one. Okay. And I didn't really like the first one
0: either. Okay. That's, um, so so they're not doing great. And that's coming from yeah. a from a relatively confident Harry Potter supporter. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah. I mean, you know, these are definitely the worst in the franchise if we're factoring them all in. They feel so different, and they are, you know, they're they are very different. So I think, you know, you are gonna separate them uh, in in conversation, but just it's in like terms Lord of the enjoyment. Rings and I the Hobbit. Mean, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, these are definitely. A rung below. I mean, I'll say, the first one, the first one, the first Fantastic Beast movie. It is. It's sort of just a romp movie. Um, it doesn't have a whole lot of plot to it. Not much structure. Um, it's really just about Newt bringing these these magical creatures to New York, and then they get loose, and he has to kind of catch them. And he he makes some friends as he's doing it's like it.
0: Like a King Kong romp.
1: I guess so, yeah. Um and, and all the while there's also some stuff going on with the Ministry of Magic and uh um where they're kind of they have some sort of nefarious plots and then Grindelwald reveals himself at the end. Um but like for a lot of the movie there's man or... Yeah, yeah, okay. big time inside man. Um but there's not really a <clears throat> a distinguished villain throughout a lot of that movie. Um, so it, it feels very scattered and it it felt to me like it was purely just a movie to give people a little bit of a Harry Potter fix that they had been missing, um, in the last few years. And to me the movie these movies don't actually have a whole a whole lot of that Harry Potter flavor. I mean, for a diehard there's gonna be references to things and <clears throat> It's going to be cool to see people like using their wands and, and be referring to some of the, the magical lore because this is such a, a deep world. Um, I think that's the most impressive part about the the Harry Potter movies is their, their sense of world building. Um, but I think setting it in New York is just a much uh, less interesting place to be and I think the filmmaking techniques used are just... They don't have that immersive quality that a lot of those Harry Potter movies have. Um, And so there's a bit of fun to be had in that first movie, but there still isn't a whole lot of narrative setup and payoff. I don't think the the characters are given all that much to work with, Um, so I didn't become all that attached to them. And so I I was worried going into this second movie. And I think this second movie is the worst things about that first movie without any of the the slight bit of fun that that first movie had. I think this movie barely feels like a movie um, in terms of its structuring. There's so little going on here. Um, it's just a whole lot of talking about magical things um, and and not really having them seem to be they're not really building toward anything. In between, there is uh, I, far too many CGI-based set pieces um, that just feel like they are made to entertain you because there is a lot of movement happening on screen, but I don't think it is constructed with any sort of um, actual tension in terms of the, the way that, that action is shot or in the way that we are caring for the characters. I don't think I don't think there's any not really any work done in that regard. And um and then by the end of the movie when we do start building toward a climax when the Grindelwald character um really has uh is making his presence known, I think that it it doesn't feel like it is paying anything off and it just feels like it is a, uh, um, a scene of a bad guy talking because we've heard that that is what movies are supposed to have near the end. Um, and then it seems to just be setting up for another sequel. Um, so I think this movie is very, very dull, pretty incomprehensible. Um, and, uh, very unsatisfying i did i did not like this at
0: all yeah i i think this movie is almost impressively devoid of substance and that's not just because i don't know like harry potter lore like i'm extremely confident in saying that for anybody like this is a movie where it feels as if It is almost entirely structureless. Um, There is no framework around which any of this seems to be working. Uh, Characters appear and disappear for conversations at seemingly random intervals. And it primarily feels like an excuse to present Harry Potter flavored information. To people who were curious but didn't feel like reading a Wikipedia page. So they figured they could just do a movie instead. Um, it was not a miserable viewing experience. Like, I know I hyped it up a bit last week. And, like, I wasn't in agony or anything. Oh, well, that's impressive. Um, we've watched far more agonizing to sit through movies. But this commits a sin that some would argue is maybe worse in being so profoundly unremarkable that there is almost nothing to latch onto whatsoever, uh, be it good or bad. Um, I think I barely know who any of these characters are. Um, I somehow only sort of understand their relationships to each other, despite the fact that this movie is almost entirely built around explaining the relationships that these characters have to each other um but there's so little actual plot and there's so little actual theme because i don't want this to sound like the complaint is um this didn't tick enough like obvious narrative boxes but like you could have a movie that is light on plot but big on either style or theme instead right and they seem to have this Credence character as, like, the thematic crux around which the movie is built. I don't know why, because there's almost nothing to that. He, it's just some fucking guy. And you spend basically the entire movie just sort of thinking that and knowing that, like, they're a powerful wizard, I guess. Um, and much of the rest of it is just sort of, like, various jaunts about town with whoever whether it's like Newt and what's his face trying to get to Paris and then they get there and they talk to some people and they talk to some other people and fucking Johnny Depp gets an apartment and some other people talk but like there is so little like meaning communicated by anything that's actually happening in the movie that it feels like staring into a black hole it's like it's kind of incredible and uh then stylistically and in terms of like cinematic form uh It feels very Marvel template. Uh, Some of the CG is, like, shockingly bad as well, which I found a little bit distracting. But um, it's just, like, it's, like, early 20th century, not particularly inspiring, like, set design and stuff. Um, I would like to give one pretty pointed compliment, though. I think Newt Scamander is a pretty interesting protagonist, largely because it is so unlike a movie of this size to have a protagonist like this. He's just kind of a guy who's hanging out, isn't particularly interested in confrontation, and is, like, along for the ride. I feel like we don't get a lot of that. Uh, I liked that. Thought Eddie Redmayne was perfectly serviceable and charming um but overall it was it was a very difficult to engage with thing i agree there's just so little here yeah
1: it sounds like we're basically on the same page um the the Eddie Redmayne thing is interesting I, I struggled with his performance a lot in the first movie um because he's it, you're right it is a very interesting approach to take for a main character and i i um I'd give the movie credit for that um because he is sort of a a blank slate um which I guess is one of the main main character archetypes you can do right where you can make him kind of an everyman but he, he's a he's a bit of an atypical everyman where he's he's also not responding to things in a way um, a typical person might respond to them like by asking a lot of questions like Harry Potter is much more of an everyman in that first movie whereas in this one Newt is like uh, very distinctly like wants to keep to himself um, and is sort of just uh, going along with things um, I got the impression that the performance if not the writing was like uh,
0: planting him on the autism spectrum did you feel that I did, yes. Uh, I don't even think it's particularly like it's fairly heavy-handed about
1: that. I think right, and I think I think that's that's really cool. Um, but it does make me think. Um, what is the, what is the purpose of this? Does this have narrative purpose? Is it for, um, right? Like a more interesting movie could do something with that, and here it just feels like a characterization tool. It does, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's just I- a goofy
0: guy, like.
1: And I also felt that with the performance. I mean, in, in the first movie in particular, I felt like... Um, the, the idea that he could be doing it, sorry to interrupt, but even more so than this is kind of a fascinating thought. <laughs> or maybe I, just, maybe I just had to get used to it. But in that first movie, it's really like he's making one facial expression the entire movie, which is like... <laughs> sort of uh, an innocent uh dude who's like, like mild amusement going around yeah, yeah mild amusement <laughs> it's very much like um, uh when the good doctor played charlie, in charlie and charlie in the chocolate factory <laughs> um, he has uh, big good doctor vibes
0: um but the i good I, doctor i believe also an autistic character, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but I, I did, I did warm up to it. I think he is, uh, he's a really affable presence, um, which is nice to have in a movie where I think a lot of the characters aren't very charismatic. I think he has charisma, even though, um, he, the purpose doesn't seem to be for him to really do anything with that charisma um where i end up being disappointed is just that after now watching two of these movies um which is about five and a half hours of content with these characters i still feel like i don't know these
0: characters all that well um at all i would wager at all i and i know i didn't see the first one whatever i there are people in this movie i don't even know like who they're supposed to be in relationship to other people, what the significance was that they're even there? I don't know what an order is like the Tina or whatever, like uh, Newt Newt's wannabe girlfriend. Uh, I don't know what her deal is at all. To this very moment, no idea. Um, which is a bad sign, probably.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think the movie both movies don't really do a whole lot in um, helping explain those things, which is, in. on one hand, I do think it's kind of cool that even with that first movie, it's like it goes in um, under the impression that you've seen the Harry Potter movies, you've like read the books, you're a fan, you understand what all this stuff means. And so if you watch that first movie or, or just the second movie, a lot of it is going to be... Um, in, just like you cannot Second parse nature. at all what's going yeah, on. Or, yeah. If, if you're unfamiliar if with you're it. If you're unfamiliar, yeah. Um, and on one hand, I do think that is, that's very cool. Like, it, it would be kind of frustrating if it's like, every time you make one of these movies, you need to update people on what's going on. Um, you need to make sure the the greater audience understands. um because I think there's there's value in making art for for specific uh, groups of people, um, but I think that this movie that should give this movie a leg up. It doesn't have to waste time catching a general audience up, and it can really dig into like who these characters are and and um, why why we are watching this story being told at this time. Um, Mm -hmm. Why is this the period of magic world that we are getting told about? And I think that I don't really have that answer yet. I don't understand why this is notable, why this is the time we need to be paying attention to.
0: I find it interesting that they build it so centrally around character and especially a character like credence that we know so little about. It's a wonder that they're even in the movie at all. Um, because it becomes a parade of like proper nouns. Like they just say stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, this is this thing. And this person's this, and they do this and they work here and they're going to do this thing in that place. And it's just like all stuff that you're either supposed to have already heard of, or know what it is, or it sounds mysterious, but it feels like reading a Wikipedia page more than anything like it's just like nothing it's just like data points, it's raw information but that's it Um, and even when they try to have like character moments, like there's that point where Jude Law is talking to Zoe Kravitz in the classroom or whatever and they're trying to have like an intimate moment and it just rings completely hollow because you're like, who are these people? (laughs) like you can't just show me a flashback to when two people were teenagers and like now I'm in or whatever like it doesn't work like that um so it all feels very like false and uh and like vacant in that in that respect and the movie never really even makes a meaningful effort to rectify that they just think that that's fine uh which makes it like frustrating to watch because Uh, it lacks thematic depth and it lacks a meaningful sense of style. And then otherwise it's like, I could have just read, read the Wikipedia. Would have taken less time. I would have got about the same amount of information out of it. Um, it doesn't present a lot to the viewer to actually like take and do something with themselves as they think about it. I
1: totally agree. Um, I mean, I watched this both these movies with Brianna at my side, and so she was able. She was picking out little bits of dialogue where they would mention someone, and she would say, "Oh, that's that's this person. This is like their background, or this is what this term means. Um, that's why they're saying it, or this is a reference to someone from the book. So this is actually us getting a backstory to someone from the book." And so it's clear that if you have this knowledge. Um, this movie is referring to that, but I think it's notable that Brianna also doesn't like this movie, this one in particular. She she kind of agrees with me where she thinks the first one is kind of just a, a fun time. Um, she probably thinks it's a bit more fun than me. I think it's mildly fun. Um, uh. But this movie she doesn't like all that much. And that goes to show that even having those little tiny, tiny crumbs of lore, you know, does not add up to making a satisfying movie. And I think the, that original run of Harry Potter movies is really satisfying because every time well, you get to story. the story. It's a story for sure, and every time you get to the end of an installment, you feel like you've gone through something with these characters. Um, and you know something about them now that you
0: didn't before. <laughs> exactly. Because
1: of, like, lived experience. Exactly. And that's and that's just speaking of the storytelling. In terms of the actual filmmaking, I could speak more about the earlier movies because I've seen them more often. Um but the filmmaking, you know, also makes you feel uh, like you have, like you've been through something like that. The third movie, *Prisoner of Azkaban*, that's directed by the dude Alfonso Cuarón, who did like *Gravity* and *Roma* and stuff. So that dude knows what he's doing in terms of uh, right. really making you feel immersed and and giving giving that story a distinct atmosphere that seems analogous to the the tone of the story being told. And um likewise, those first two movies, they're by Chris Columbus, who is a um a kids director, you know, a renowned kids director. Home like Alone he Day. did The First Home Alone. Yeah, and he did um uh Adventures in Babysitting, um Mrs. Doubtfire. Like he did a lot of those kind of fun kids movies. Um and I think it, that really comes through. Those first two movies, I think, are are really fun as you just are discovering this world. Um, and these movies don't have any of those qualities. And um, the later Harry Potter movies that that David Yates did, because I think he picked up doing them, the fifth or the sixth. Must you be the fifth. you would have said it at the beginning, but yeah. Um, Order of the Phoenix. Uh, yeah, that's the fifth, and a lot of that. The filmmaking, um, I've seen those movies less, um, so they stick out to me less in my memory, but also, um, when I did watch them, I felt like it wasn't necessarily the filmmaking that was sticking with me at that point, it was that I've already spent so much time with these characters, and now I, I want to watch them, uh, have these little character moments, and, um, and then the the world of Hogwarts has already been carved out so much. Um, whereas in this movie, it's like you kind of you got to start from scratch. You're in a new world, um, even though it's it's a, a magical world. You're in New York or you're in Britain. You're not uh, right in Hogwarts like we are with the other ones. And then you've also got to deal with these new characters. And so it's a big a big task in order to have people have even half the connection that they they had with the harry potter movies and i just think that this isn't this isn't the way to go about
0: it this isn't the team to do it it's not um it's it's honestly i i know i feel like i've said this a lot in the last like couple months it's a hard movie to even talk about uh just because there's so little i do think Uh, the quote I said at the beginning of this episode is apt uh, in explaining a lot of the issues. Have you read the predictions of Tycho Dodonis? Let's unpack that for a second. Um, They never really elucidate who that is, why they wrote predictions, and I don't need all the information, but then we learn what those predictions are and that they might be related to a character, and that's a character that... Everybody's talking around, but we see very little of. They get no characterization at all. They're spoken to largely in terms of reference to a previous established poem that we've also just heard about. And uh, it becomes this sort of cyclical self-feeding thing of like important sounding thing references to a person. Person references important sounding thing back and forth for the entire movie uh, on various levels. And it's just like, that's nothing like that's reading a wiki um that's not a movie (laughs) um i don't know it's like it's it's very bizarre um and as you said too then uh when they it seems like when they think uh you might be getting bored they're like we're just gonna have creatures running amok for a while but, like, that feels totally weightless and soulless as well. Like, the the big um, cat dragon thing uh, has, like, no weight to it on screen at all. And it's, like, supposed to be, like, bounding through buildings and shit. And it just feels like nothing. Uh, which seems like a weird weakness for your movie about Fantastic Beasts to have.
1: Um, Agreed. Yeah, the first one has that problem, too. And it's really it's really jarring um because so much of the movie is based around that and it also just made me think like wow like this this doesn't feel like it has much more weight than some of the rough cg in the first couple movies um and this is so so much time has passed so I don't really know what's going on I think some of the creature designs are good like I like that I like the way that cat creature looks but I totally agree with you that the feel of it it doesn't actually feel present on screen um and it's yeah it's really uh disappointing that we're in 2018 and we and we don't we we don't have that figured out yet in this movie at least I mean I can think of movies that, came out before this movie where you where you do feel that presence um uh i mean the third harry potter movie i think you you totally feel that presence with some of those cgi creatures and and this doesn't and the have bi- it the, or even just like the big chess
0: and oh yeah kind of, the big chess yeah yeah it all works i mean some of that's probably practical they probably built big chess but uh, <laughs> uh also um this movie seems entirely disinterested with like half the cast which doesn't help um, for for a movie called The Crimes of Grindelwald, where the fuck is Grindelwald? <laughs> Dude, it f- like, it felt like, to me what the fuck. Like, it felt to
1: me like it was like Johnny Depp was like, yeah, I'll do this movie, but like I'm giving you. I'm he giving was on you one day, day on set. Yeah, and so they just had to shoot this big like kind of monologue scene, and I think I think he he does all right in the scene. I think um, he's like I, whatever. He's like, just
0: like he it feels like he's phoning it in to me like
1: yeah i i think he's absolutely phoning it in um which which is a shame because a lot of the the characters from those original harry potter movies feel in uh, it's like they're they are forever connected to those characters whereas i i can't that's not happening here, and I don't know if that's just because I'm older and like I'm more familiar with some of these actors outside of the property or what. But in terms of that Grindelwald character, it absolutely feels like they could only get him for this one day, and so they they did all they could in that one day to to shoot um, what was happening here. And you know that could that could work <laughs> if you have to work around it, where it's like Grindelwald is a is a looming presence over the movie but he doesn't actually show up until the end but he doesn't he doesn't feel that way at all same same with credence it's
0: like also if they had johnny depp Depp for a day they had ezra miller for four hours i know barely in the movie (laughs) like what the fuck are we doing like i don't was he too busy like was his cult needed like a guy around so he couldn't stay on set like
1: fuck I know, yeah, it was the same thing with the with the first one as well. They were like barely in it, and then, um, are they both in the first one? Uh, Johnny Depp shows up like at the very end of the first one, kind of in a uh in like a Marvel esque like we're revealing reveal? the villain. Okay. yeah, it's not actually after the credits, but it's it's shortly beforehand. He basically transforms from Colin Farrell's character. Colin Farrell is like one of the main.
0: Antagonists in that first movie. Reveals himself to be Grindelwald. Yeah, I I bet that's how they explained the the fact that they had to recast it to Mads Mikkelsen for the third one. That he just like turns into guys. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. and I think it's it's
1: honestly a damn shame because even though Colin Colin Farrell also he doesn't have much to do in that first one, but he does feel a lot better. And it's like, um. The same way the Voldemort character in the original franchise is like peppered throughout the franchise, but you gradually become uh, sort of fearful of this dude and familiar with this dude and his presence. I would have loved if they had stuck with Colin Farrell and let him be the guy. Um, And I don't really understand why they
0: didn't do that. Yeah, I don't think they really know what they're going on. It feels like a lot of people are asleep at the wheel. Um. yeah honestly I'm <laughs> I'm kind of good at that uh, I don't feel like we've glossed over anything too significant yeah that's that's that seems good to me um, wildly no- underwhelming s- film experience I didn't even get to be like theatrically angry
1: I know <laughs> it's just kind of yeah. whatever <laughs> like, yeah
0: um, but we can genero and maybe that'll give us something to be angry about or excited
1: Alright. And Fantastic Beast 3 is on this list five times, so we'll see what happens. No, it's not on there at all.
0: I would kind of enjoy doing sequels like in a row. That might be like interesting. Maybe not these. Excuse sure, but yeah. That, these, but...
1: that would be interesting if we had like a, a franchise month. We'll think about it. Okay. Uh there's three hundred and seven.
0: Okay. Let's get the ball rolling here.
1: Okay, now it's at 305. Big money.
0: Skeletons? No, I don't fucking think so. Not today. None of those. Three, two, one. Spin. Ooh. Almost exactly in the middle. Yeah. 141. Everybody's oh. favorite band. This is massive for me. Oh, shit. Dude, right every, before- every other movie is massive for you. <laughs>
1: Before we started this podcast, I saw one of uh, my, my friends on Letterboxd logged one of these movies, and I thought, it's a damn shame we haven't got to one of these movies Is it yet. Phantasm? No. <laughs> okay. So 140, we just missed The House is October Built 2.
0: What an insane title. Also, yeah. probably a good time to miss that one. Yeah,
1: um... Seems a little 142, 142, we just missed Inside, which is a remake of a French horror movie, Inside. Okay. Not the Bo Burnham? Not the Beau Burnham. Um, and I think I was on, uh... a horror kick when I wrote this section of the list, or maybe an October kick. I can't tell. Dude, but definitely so a horror many kick
0: October movies is in-
1: Because we're doing a horror movie, Corey? Okay. Um... I don't. I don't have it specified which one we're doing here, so we can just discuss that quickly. But I don't think we should overthink it. One forty one. We are doing an installment in the Paranormal Activity franchise.
0: Oh, okay, that's big for me because I haven't really seen like any of those. I've seen like one of them. Do you want to do a mini general? That might be fun.
1: Just. Uh, I guess you two to. So six. six? Yeah. So six. Because there were seven of them, right?
0: Yeah, but, so we would generate six of them? Yeah. Does that work for you? Yeah, yeah, just do that. <laughs> Two, which means we're doing three? Okay. Paranormal Activity 3 is what we're doing. All right. Maybe this is one that I've seen. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. Cool. Uh, okay. I think this will be fun.
1: I think this has been a, a big gap on our uh, in our podcast <laughs> archives.
0: It's a big gap for me, just period. In life, again, like I think I've definitely seen one, but uh, not all the way through. I will say as well that part of why I didn't really get in there is because it the concept did just scare me. Like the thought of just looking and knowing you're waiting for a jump scare to happen at you was like not an appealing thought. <laughs>
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm so we're, we're basically getting Skinner ranked a little bit. What do you mean by that? Um, it's just like cameras looking at stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's All I really mean. Uh, okay. Yeah, let's do that. Um, do you have anything you want to plug?
1: Uh, I have a film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterbox. My username is Graham the Mallow. I have a band called Guest Room Status. Yeah and uh music video out now (laughs) that's right and uh i have another band that i love called weezer and so i have a (laughs) podcast about that band it's called it's called in the weeds with weezer the little bitches podcast i'm an honorary member of weezer (laughs) i gotta be at this point i've talked about them so much
0: may as well be
1: though i guess it's probably a drop in the bucket in compared to some people compared
0: to rivers Cuomo. Yeah, he's got me beat. He deserves to be in Weezer. <laughs> um, so, good news uh, for me when it comes to plugging podcasts. I've been saying recently that MK Podcast has been in kind of a limbo ish state um, of trying to figure out how we're wrapping things up. We have a plan. There are four things left that we are covering on MK Podcast. Those episodes will be released on a once every two week schedule. We are covering. The Mortal Kombat live tour, the two Mortal Kombat movie soundtrack albums, the film Book of Swords, which stars a bunch of folks from movies and similar TV shows, and the Mortal Kombat novelization by Jeff Rovin. It will be six episodes total. Those are coming soon, and then MK Podquest is is done. Um aside from as like new stuff releases that fits our criteria but um we are wrapping up we do have a plan uh at Podquest on social media um mkpodquest.com uh and it's on all your podcast services uh if you go to mortalcombatconquest.ca you can also find all the info but that show our show uh strat 2 which is my f1 show that is essentially on hiatus uh but the other episodes are still there if you wanted to hear them and, uh, all of that is coming up, but, uh, we do have a plan and, uh, I would encourage people to sort of check out what we've been doing. Uh, I'm excited to get back on something a little bit more regular with that while we round it out because it's been a pretty wild couple of years doing all of that. Um, thank you all once again for listening to this episode of they made another one. You can find us all over the internet on Instagram at they made another, which is all one word and on letterbox letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast all the podcast services in the world. You should rate and review us five stars if your service lets you. Helps people find out about the show. Makes us feel a little nice inside that we're doing a good job. Uh, you can send us an email at tmaopodcast.gmail.com at with recommendations for episodes, questions, comments, if you think we're doing a good job, and just tell us what Harry Potter host you're in. Let's keep it simple. Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson. You can find it on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And with all that out of the way, we're finally gonna figure out what's going on with these GD cameras next week. And they made another one? <laughs>